Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the illusion of helpfulness. And um, this was something that we talked about months and months, maybe even like more than a year ago. Um, um, And uh, we kind of wanted to do a whole podcast on it. And it was talking about uh, people in fandom who measure their value by how helpful they think they're being. And how they respond when you don't take their helpfulness. Because this is what happened. What had happened? What had happened was I was cleaning off rough trade. And this heifer emailed me. Irate. She was irate. Okay. She was fit, y'all. She was fit because I had deleted all the posts and we were working through the media, you know, like we do as one does when we're getting ready for the new challenge, like we did on the first getting ready for April. It's what we do. Okay. She emails me. Now this is happening around. Oh, it was, it was late, like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. So probably on the first, but early in the morning. And I got the, I opened up the email and, and, and this heifer has berated me for deleting all of her really helpful comments. Huh? She said that she had invested a great deal of time in commenting on Rough Trade the whole month and was really upset that I had deleted it and diluted her experience as a reader. I think, I think you just broke my brain. <laughs> now, see, we've discussed this before, that there are these people in fandom who don't do fan art who don't write, who don't run any kind of fandom experience, like, I don't know, like Rough Trade or something, I mean, you know, um, or whatever, or, or a bang, or, and I think most of the time writers and artists are the ones who are, who are doing those kinds of things. Um, but there's no reason to say that a reader couldn't invest their time and effort into doing something like that, you know, providing that kind of space, like Wild Hair, you know, if they wanted to, they don't obviously, because it's not, it, that wouldn't serve their purpose, right? That, that wouldn't be what they want. Um, but there is this kind of reader in fandom whose sole contribution to fandom is what they consider to be constructive criticism, which, you know, I don't believe exists. And also I don't allow on rough trade. Um, so all of her comments had to, if they got approved and I don't know if they did, I, I didn't go back and look. Um, and I don't know if she went back and looked because maybe, maybe they weren't approved. But anyway, <laughs> she needs to be bobbed. So they they invest themselves in providing this feedback and this um, and creating this uh, delusional relationship with authors. And sometimes in fandom, and I noticed it. One of the first things I noticed actually when I started posting is that some readers are, are deeply invested in this false intimacy that can be created by the reading experience and there are people would, would you say it's a, they of, know me very well would you say it's an extension of like a kind of parasocial relationship i think it could be hers agrees with you <laughs> yeah actually that message on there got bigger in joy on rough trade because of this person it used to be like in small writing at the very bottom. That's why it's as big as it is today. <laughs> and I wrote back and told her that Rough Trade wasn't for readers. That readers um, 
enjoy a privilege to read during rough trade events, but that privilege could be taken away at any time, at any point, because rough trade is for writers. It is a writing challenge designed and run by writers. I said, you are welcome to read and you are welcome to comment within our guidelines, but that is the extent of your involvement um, and your investment doesn't matter. She wrote back and told me I was awful. So I put her in a circular file and added her to my filter. Well, um, you, you, or you are awful, but not for the reasons she said. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, you know, and some readers are very deeply invested in letting you know that they, they read your work or alternatively letting you know they won't read your work and letting you know why. Because it's important that you know why you've not met their expectations so that you can do better next time. I have a reader who's been really invested lately in letting me know which of my stories she feels could have had more would benefit from additional content. Um, and it's like, uh, I, I'm, just, I'm not saying anything about it. I've deleted most of the comments that are in, uh, in that vein or um, where she goes kind of really crosses the line. No, it's a kind of like, she leaves a nice comment, but then she'll tell me, you know, all the things that she feels like the story would have been, been benefited from expounding on or which scenes, <laughs> which scenes, you know, sh could, could have been explored or, you know, that a sequel could be useful to, you know, it, it's like, okay. Like, baby, no. No. I'm not sure what that has to do with an unfinished work. What do you mean by you hardly comment on an unfinished work? Uh, all the works on my side are finished, and the same is true for Jilly. Neither one of us po post works in progress on our personal websites. I have some rough drafts on um, Wild Hair, and I post excerpts on my evil author day, but my work on my website, I either publish novels or I publish novella series, um, and they're all complete. Yeah, but even if I was posting works in progress, um, people advise me on which scenes they think my story needs is would be inappropriate. Um, I mean, no, no, no. it's nobody. Honestly, it's nobody's... one of the worst things I see on Rough Trade are people trying to either guess the plot or to use guesses or comments to divert the plot. Like maybe they see something coming that they don't want to happen. So they'll be saying like, oh, I'm really looking forward to when Styles and Derek get, get together when the fic has literally been labeled Styles and Peter. Um, <clears throat> so, and of course, delete, delete, delete. You know, delete. Yeah. I mean, there comes a point, like sometimes, sometimes, Sometimes people really think they know what's going on in my story and they'll make a comment and I can tell it's innocent. Like they really think it's going this direction and, you know, and then they'll make a comment. Oh my God, I can't wait until so-and-so is reunited with so-and-so. And they really think it's going that way. And I get it that, and, and I can see why they would think that it's going that way. And they're kind of making a logical conclusion. That's different than saying, you know, than, than trying to guess the plot. Um, Right, Dark Dark says it gets me when someone comments on how they anticipate a character reacting to an event, and I'm thinking that's not how they're going to react because adults don't punch each other in the face. Because usually people, I mean, the funny thing is, I don't write Tony being a dick. I don't write him being abusive to other people, and yet people will speculate on my improv when I'm writing something or when they're reading about him being abusive to somebody, and I'm like, is this the first work of mine you've read? Really? 
No, it's not. I know it's not because you've been here before. You understand how I write. You sit down and be quiet. Go to the corner. <laughs> I need to pause just for a second. Keep going. Okay. I'll meet myself. There is this perception. Um, well, I would say it's actually kind of become pervasive across um, um, many fandoms. I see it in NCIS really a lot. I also see it some in Stargate. I see it in Teen Wolf sometimes. Um, definitely, a, but definitely a lot of uh, the, sh the stuff I read, um, I've seen it in Harry Potter some, but, but there's this sort of character trope or that characterization trope that badassery equals assholery or um, that competence equals assholery. Like if a character is hyper competent, that they're going to be an asshole. I just, I don't know where that came from. I just can't stand it. It drives me bonkers. Um and also that somehow, yeah, and yeah, and if she's a woman, she's a bitch. Um, well, Rodney is a badass, and he's an asshole. But the two are not. It, it's a false equivalency to say that one is because of the other. <laughs> um, yeah, all the competent people are smirking. Thank you, Mary Jane. Exactly, all the the smirking competent people. Um, so it, but there is this um competence equals and the, but the thing is here's the thing readers a lot of readers really dig it and not all readers because the readers who aren't digging it are probably not saying anything but there are a lot of readers who really really dig these characters acting like assholes and they they give a lot of praise and they really can give really intrusive comments about the whole and i see this you know um it's been going on for a while now, so this is not even a recent thing. But like when I think a character is kind of like drifting, you know, it seems like a character. When I see the comments are the way the comments are structured for a story on Rough Trade, makes me think we're dealing with assholery and not competence. Um, people are really praising it um, and trying to encourage it. Right? They're trying to encourage more assholery. They're asking for the smackdown. They're wishing for the smackdown. Oh, I love that smackdown. It's like. <sighs> this is not how adults behave um, in corporate America or in, it might be how teenagers behave in high school. So go for it, Teen Wolf. But um, it's not how, it's not how adults behave in law enforcement. It's not how adults behave in corporate America. That's just not accept an acceptable standard of behavior. So it kind of drives me a little bit crazy when I, I see people falling prey to almost like, it's like they're getting praised or people are really being anticipatory about um, an upcoming, what they perceive as an upcoming SmackDown. And so then they deliver on the character acting like a dick. And it's like, okay. It is a little bit like a group think. Um, and I think as a writer, you have to, you have to guard yourself against letting a mob mentality in your, especially if you're a whip writer, you know, and, and, we try not to let those kind of comments get through too much. The particularly really comments that are off you know, way out. Of, but sometimes stuff gets through because if I'm not reading somebody's story, I don't know what is way off base. I don't know that people are reading wrong things in a story. I don't know that people are anticipating something that isn't going to happen if I'm not actively reading it. Um, and it's not uncommon for me to have not be reading, but maybe one or two rough trades until rough trade is over. And then I'll pick up and read some more of them because I'm writing, you know, I'm, I'm, I got other things to do. So, um, so people could, even on rough trade, people could be getting, you know, a fair bit of um, 
comments that actually maybe weren't even in line with their plan, anticipating or appreciating something that actually isn't in the story. And then they kind of bend to that. And if your story is already finished, all you do is you roll your eyes at people not understanding what you wrote. But if your story is, if you're in process, it can be, um, I think I see people sometimes start to buckle to that. They start to kind of write to write to the anticipation. And and that's not good. And you're right, Shadows. There is something about the SmackDown that feeds it. It is wish fulfillment. Um, and um, but it's I don't find it to be that it's I think it's a part of your the id that it's probably not all that healthy to feed that much. So enjoy as if the comments from readers are wanted, needed, or appreciated. Absolutely. Um, in general, yes. But there are there are I would say for, for me the f majority of the comments I get are great. Um, there's maybe 10% that, well, I would say that there's about 20% of my comments that have something questionable in it that I just roll my eyes and ignore. Um, and then there's about 5% that I just outright delete. Um, just because I just don't want to deal with leaving that that crap up on my site. So, uh, and also because sometimes if I leave something, I, I used to just approve that stuff and ignore it. You know, I should approve everything. But then it caused a couple of comment brawls um, because some people read my comment section. So um, there, after a couple of comment brawls, anything that was like really off, off, I stopped approving. So I just started deleting anything that was really off. But when people put things in about, oh, how they wish um, I had written more of this or how they wish I'd written this scene, I just, I just approve that stuff and ignore it because, you know, whatever. But in general, are comments appreciated, needed, wanted? I mean, a needed, no. I don't need anybody's comments, but are they appreciated? Yes. I love the engagement with my readers. I appreciate um, I appreciate the, the sometimes people will leave me a comment that actually will leave me in tears. So, um, and there's something really special about when somebody really gets you, when, when a reader really gets what you wrote. Um, and they can articulate that to you. Uh, but also, I love every thank you. Um, I have, we have, I have one commenter who's, I swear she's commented on almost every fic, and she basically always, although lately she's been commenting with more, but um, I almost want to check on her. <laughs> Are you okay? Do you need Are you okay? <laughs> you used a whole sentence. But like every, <laughs> it's like every story, it's just like, she'll say something, loved it or enjoyed it. This was great. It's just like one or two, two, two to three words. Um, some variation of like good fic or great story or something like that. Um, that was, that's her routine. And um, um, it, I love hearing from her. I love hearing from her, even though it's, it's, it's just, great story i still love getting that comment i do well they there she has regular clockwork but the first time she, i got a full sentence i was like that's a full sentence <laughs> are you being held hostage <laughs> right it's a call for help um it was great but it was it was it was surprising so i appreciate um i love thanks for sharing comments i think that they are um I think they're they're great. And people who who have anxiety about commenting, I tell them um, um, to please just thanks for sharing is 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 all they ever need to say. They don't need to come up with something profound to say. Um, but there is a culture in fandom that um, consider readers to be currency. Ugh. 
And this is a writing. This is a, this is a writer culture. So this 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 situation isn't always just about how readers behave, but it is also how writers behave in fandom, how attached they are to getting kudos, um, how they brag about how many um, comments they get and do screenshots of their statistics and share them on Facebook. Um, who literally call their readers currency? That's the only currency they get in fandom, apparently. Um, and I'm like, that is disgusting. And it's awful obscene. But one of the first things that I encountered in um, in fandom as a reader that made me nope out of a fic was a blackmail. Oper- it was blackmail. Um, and it was, this was actually a finished fic. So, um, but at the bottom of this fic on chapter two, it said, if I get 30 comments, I will post the next chapter. And I looked up and all there were there were like 20 something chapters and it was marked complete. I just I just exited out of it because I'm like, bitch, no, I don't care if you blackmailed your readers 10 years ago. I'm not reading it today. It would just infuriate me to see that end comment on it's probably on every chapter. Um sometimes you just don't want to I, I, I noticed it on chapter two, but um I don't know if it but um and she had hundreds of comments, so obviously she leveraged that desire readers had for more of her fic to to blackmail them into praising her and a long time ago like a year ago maybe more we talked about how writers are born and then if you write you're a writer and um that you can be taught to be a better writer you can be taught craft um you can be taught how to structure a sentence how to structure a paragraph how to structure a chapter how to write a book you can buy whole books on how to write a book. I still maintain that writers are born. That innate desire to write, that that's what makes you a writer. But there are people in fandom who post fanfic who are not writers. They're attention whores. Right. They don't write because they have the desire to write. They don't write because they tell stories in their head until they can't get that story off their brain and they put it down on paper or put it into a document on their computer just so they can get some fucking peace. <laughs> they don't dream about writing. They don't write whole scenes in their head when they're trying to sleep. So they get de- so they get up and go write it on their computer in the hopes that eventually maybe they'll get to go to sleep if they get this out of their head. They don't do that. They don't do any of that. They don't. No, Daisy. That's a whole different animal and we'll get there in a minute. Um, they structure stories. They write. Sometimes they lift the plots of other writers. Sometimes they will take a story, take it apart, rewrite it to suit themselves. It's not actually plagiarism. And put it up for attention. And that is not a writer. That is a person who has found a way to get attention from strangers on the internet. It is no different than someone who trolls on Twitter or who goes through YouTube comments and discusses women's looks. Um, or, I mean, it's like, it's, or people who get on your fic and tell you what you should be writing to suit them. Or people who send you a six-page PDF outlining all the things that they want you to do in a story for them. Complete with a list of requirements. Yeah. These are, they're people if. Is that your phone or my phone? It's not my phone. I don't. It's not my phone either. But I'm hearing a buzzing. Are you hearing a buzzing? No. 
I hope I haven't broke my headset. I'm gonna be mad. It did sound like a phone on vibrate though. Huh. Maybe I, I don't hear it. anything. Does anybody else hear anything? <laughs> Is anybody's phone ringing? Well, pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody else has a live mic, but if I anybody could, else I could hear it all the way over here. But if anybody else could hear anything, then it would be me, right? Maybe my headset or my, or my mic, but nobody else is hearing anything, so. <laughs> no, I don't smell anything burning. Um. <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to the, the plagiarizer, that is somebody that's a very, I think that's a little bit of a different beast than somebody who at least attempts to write for attention. Um, they're not, the person who writes for attention, I don't really think that's, a writer because it's not about the writing it's about the attention which means often they'll fall into the recycling the the tropes that are going to get them the most attention um over and over and over again um oh i see wait my um my windbreaker was coming off ah uh, um your pop filter yes thank you <laughs> i just was not getting the word out for that so how's that is that better and you sound fine to me Okay. Do you sound fine to you? I do. I sound better. So sorry, it sounds guys. Like it was, sounds like it was bothering you more than it was bothering me. Um, but there are people, the people who who at least make a pretense of putting something together. They're often exploring um, the most id-based tropes, the ones that readers really just are the one, and and they're they're usually writing what readers are giving them the most fuel for. So. If if readers are really latching on to Tim and Ziva bashing, they're going to Tim and Ziva bash like whoa, um, or whatever. So they're kind of they're they're it's very much response fic. They're writing what in response to what readers have respond, responded to positively to in the in the past. Plagiarizers are 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 really la the laziest possible version of that. They want the attention, they want the interaction, but they don't want to do any of the work, any of the work. They just and want... they are perfectly fine accepting your praise for their own, right? Now um, the person who just lifts your plot and rewrites your shit, um, they want to believe they own it and that it was entirely their 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 whole thing, which is why they're not also going to say, "Hey, this was inspired by so and so," even when it overtly is. So they moderate yeah. their comments and delete anybody who mentions me by name. You know. That kind of thing. You know, yeah. <laughs> and I'm honestly not bitter. I'm I'm not. I you know, I, I there was a thing today in Harry Potter fandom. I got a dozen so emails because it actually updated today, and I'm not sure if people just missed it the first time. Although I did get an email in February that I, I found in my spam folder about it. So um I bet that was probably when the first chapter posted. Uh so chapter two posted today of this fic, and it's on fanfiction.net and AO3. Um that it it plot wise bears a resemblance to Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond, which is my most popular Harry Potter fic as of like a month ago. Um, it's right there with Birth of the Serpent King. Um, so the likelihood that a Harry Potter reader who's looking for harmony on AO3 who saw this update has who's not read my work in that particular fandom for that particular pairing. It's unlikely. I'm not saying it can't happen. I get new readers all the time, but that there would be that I I got dozens. I mean, I've gotten over a dozen emails before I put a note on my comment form telling people to stop. 
<laughs> because it was just like rolling in like shortly after the update this time on this particular fic. Um, because it does, it, it does, it has the plot points, um, but it's, um, they changed like the year. Um, they changed um, some events and the pacing is different. And um, so it's, it's not my work. It's not plagiarism. Did they lift my idea wholesale and use it? Absolutely. And th th they couldn't argue that with a straight face because it's like right there. It's plain as day. Um, but this is either a new writer who doesn't know how to structure their own plot or this is a writer, a person. This is a person who is writing, for, who is putting pen to paper for attention. And, and it could be either. And it's really hard to know which which direction that is. Um, the formatting um, and some of the other issues with it make me think new. Yeah. Um, but you I'm never know. I'm leaning towards new myself. So. Um, where they're borrowing a structure of an established story. Um, um, they're borrowing the structure for an established story to kind of build out their own, or they're a very insecure writer, or, you know, I mean, there are some writers who've been writing for a while that they just say things, you know, they'll, you'll hear them go, I don't, I have a hard time with ideas. So they basically just use other people's ideas and then write them to suit themselves. And technically there's, I mean, I think we're all, we would all kind of go, it's a little ethically questionable, but it's not in any way illegal or against anybody's rules. It's not actually plagiarism. It doesn't meet the burden of that. Um, we've talked a little bit on, in um, another uh, podcast that there comes a point, there is a point at which you can lift enough of somebody's idea and like their character structure and their, their narrative beats and that you've, you've crossed into this weird idea plagiarism thing, which kind of isn't actually a thing but it starts to feel like it because you've just lifted way too much for it to be um, a, a different expression of the same idea, you know? Um, because I, don't I don't honestly care about them doing it. Although I was tempted. I was very tempted because there is a comment on it. And I was very tempted to comment on the comment to let them know that if they wanted to read the original and give them a link, but I didn't. Because they're really enjoying what they're reading. So I didn't want to interfere with that. I'm just saying I was tempted because I'm not mad, but I am petty. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you like that, you should read the original. You can't own a title or an idea, but but um, but courts have had to... Um, have had to have had to ask the question of where does it cross into the you've taken too much of someone's idea too much of someone's what you own is your expression of an idea and courts have to are the ones that have to sort out the the question of when do you have you lifted too much of someone's expression and it is not just the literal words there's more to an expression of an of an idea than just the craft of the words but anyway that's uh, that's a whole different, that's a whole different discussion. Um, there, yeah, there, there's a point, I mean, there's a, there's a line between inspired by and derivative. Um, and there's also a line between inspired by derivative and transformative. Um, I strive to be transformative in my fan fiction. I think that um, while people can say many things about the way I write and the things that I write and the, and the style and the narrative um, structure of my work that I don't think anybody could actually argue that I'm not transformative. This is where you agree with me. 
<laughs> I absolutely agree with you. Okay. <laughs> you like, yeah, Kira. <laughs> You're 100 percent transformative. Believe me, I, I have read. <laughs> believe me, I have read some. Um, um, I have read some. Um, some some fic that is not transformative at all to me. I'm like, <laughs> like if I want to read Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, I got a copy. <laughs> no, it's it's like I'm pretty sure I'm reading the script with some thoughts filled in. It's like every line of dialogue came from the script. There's nothing transformative about giving the characters some thoughts, I, at least not in my opinion. Um, okay, so <laughs> I posted my project file, and let me tell you about myself. Ellie, you troll. I have this template file that I use um, for every project um, for RT. And what I'll do is I'll copy it. I'll, I'll copy the actual file and paste it into my new folder with my new project. And then I'll go into that text file and edit all my stuff. You know, like for your template, like when you're putting in your story and like you're doing your excerpt and everything. Well, I edited everything out of that particular file, which was the file I used for last April. Except for Rodney McKay. So my my story went out on, um, the email went out, and it had the pairing of Harry Potter and Rodney McKay. Which I didn't see until I saw a comment about somebody rushing right to the site to see if, like, Kira had hit her head. Um, and I was like, I don't understand this comment. And then they saw that, no, Kira is still Kira. And I was like, what? So I go to my email because I hadn't I hadn't looked at the folder that I sort rough trade emails into, and I go to my email and look at. I busted a gut. I did. I busted a gut. I laughed so hard because Kira Kira would never ever. No. No. She might have two 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 couple of pairings for Harry Potter, but she has she has one pairing for Rodney McKay, and um, of her two choices for Harry Potter, it does not include Rodney McKay. <laughs> So. <laughs> I, if I have a single OTP in fandom, if I, it is Shepard and McKay, um, there is never any circumstance where I would write either one of them in a permanent romantic pairing um, without each other. I mean, it's just, it's not going to happen. Oddly, I did read a story a long time ago where John Shepard was actually Harry Potter in hiding. He changed his name and went to America and... Didn't quite work out age-wise. But um, it was interesting nonetheless. Um, no, he joined the Air Force and was on Stargate. He was on he was on Atlantis. I think he got outed because he had to use magic to save Rodney. I don't remember. It's, it's been a long time. Um, <clears throat> I don't mean sex. I mean, I've written John having sex with other people. Um, I would write Rodney doing it. I have written Rodney doing it, actually, in a short for Ties That Bind. Um, I, but to fall in love romance-wise, it's John and Rodney. I added a third for that one pairing, but that one, that one, but then I regretted it. I mean, I enjoyed the fic, but it really messed with my OTP and, and fucked me up. Sometimes some things are just, you know, they get, they get in your head and they're there and you just can't mess with them. So I was like, nah, dog, uh, uh, it was a mistake. So I edited it. So yeah, that, that happened. Um, I'm a creature of habit. And those files, it's just it's just what I do. And I just, I failed. I failed to edit properly. But it amused me because the idea of that pairing from you. Um, I'm more adventurous on the pairing front. So if I'd put something like that out, people might have head tilted, but not freaked and thought, oh my God, Jillian is I actually awesome. got two emails and three Discord messages. Are you okay? <laughs> but you. I people... why. Did, um, did you. 
I, I, and she, one of them said, she says, you know, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. She said, I think you made a, mis a little mistake on your project file. You might want to go look at it. I'm like, oh God! <laughs> I just laughed at I her. My own I feelings. Just, I hurt my own feelings. I sent her a screenshot and me laughing because <laughs> <laughs> she's a heifer too. I am but heifer. yeah, so that happened. Um, sometimes readers do know you better than you know yourself. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. Um, but there is this, like we talked about it before, this this false sense of intimacy that gets developed. And there are readers who fully believe that the time they invest in reading and comment on, on your fic is equal to the amount of time you put into your fic. And also, even if I just wrote a thousand words, there's, there's, there's still, uh, no, there's, there's no, it's still not equivalent. <sighs> I mean, unless that is the best like comment I am man. really pleased that the four hours you spent reading my fic equals the six months I've spent writing it but even if it's just a couple of hours spent on a something on a thousand words okay it would take even even if it only took you an hour to write it between the rereading it and posting it and stuff you know even if, even if it's just a couple of hours spent on a thousand words short that is still not equivalent to this was really good <laughs> no it's really not it's not the same thing although i will say i think my most popular short in recent memory is Tony Stark, Mike Banning. So, oh, it's definitely worth it. The the story that I the the Penelope Tony that I put up, I it's got to be based on comments. It's the most popular short I have on my site. I was like, I was I was flummoxed. I was like, I don't get it. I mean, I don't know what we're gonna call it. Iron Fall. Iron. Sure. I, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Iron Fall works I mean, for me. Ironfall. The only time I like ship names is is the iron ones. I think that they're hysterical. <laughs> Frost iron, whatever. Although they never came up with one, they never came up with, it, that was it was actually a portent of doom that they never came up with one for Steve Tony. We just had we had all these iron ships and then Stony. It was like right. That seems a little lackluster, <laughs> especially since it could have been Iron Shield. I mean, right? It could have been, but it wasn't because we knew it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> well, as it, as it turns out, he was a dick in the movies too, which is terrible because Chris Evans is a great human being. Um, as far as I know, I mean, I follow his Twitter. He seems to be on point. <laughs> he could be a dick in person. I don't know. I'm not making a judgment here. I'm just saying on Twitter, he's nice. <laughs> he looks great in a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there are readers who equate that um, the effort they put into reading you. It's equal to the effort that you put into writing. Um, that's either because of their own ego or because they literally have no idea what what it takes. Well, but even if uh, even if they don't know what it takes, they can't really think that you can crank out a something novel length in the time it takes them to read it. That doesn't make any. They're just not even trying. They're just not even trying. It's it's a it's issue of self involvement, isn't it? It is. And um. I what I would say is that it's not helpful. I mean, unless, I mean, honestly, honestly, if I was a, if I was strictly a reader and I came across a writer doing a poll uh, mid-fic on what their pairing was going to be, I would run screaming into the night. And when you see a a, um, a writer or a person um, doing this, where they're inviting you to give them plot advice 
or tell them what to write next or just just run. Right. Yeah. The you one don't exception want that frustrating experience you just think you do. <laughs> right. The one exception I would give to this about the poll thing and I didn't think there was an exception but I, there is is I've seen a few people do and I guess it's become like a thing that a few people have tried of like a choose your own adventure thing. Yeah. Not so much a pairing, but just every chapter they'll, this is for the only whip writers would do this because a writer like me couldn't deal. Um, but if, um, when you click on the, um, I mean, when, when oh, you, I see. when you, um, uh, with they do like a choose your own adventure, so mm. they'll say, okay, here are the three things that could happen next, and the the most votes is what happens. Then they write the next chapter, and then they go, okay, here's the three possible outcomes. What do you, which way do you guys want to go? And then they'll say, okay, then the, whatever vote gets the most, and then that's what they write for the next chapter. But the the thing about that is that is a very carefully structured way of where the author is picking outcomes that they can live with, as opposed to, you know. Because I've seen people do polls and they get an answer they don't like. But the whole choose your own adventure thing is sort of like, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I personally think it's a little bit gimmicky and it's a little over engaged with readers, but you know, um, but other than that, other than, other than that, for the most part, polls are kind of like, um, you didn't just change, you changed, didn't just change the link. You just got a completely different picture. No, I saved the picture and uploaded it because it was a WBP thing oh, instead of a JPEG. Yeah. Instead of a JPEG, only JPEGs and PNGs will show up on Discord. So if you post a picture that has a WEBP, WebP, yeah, that's it. It's not going to show up. So, yeah. um, so when it comes to um, I mean, and I don't mean like a poll. Like I mean, I think. Uh, I think you did a poll about the baby's name once. I don't mean something trivial like that, but when people don't know the direction of their story or what their pairing should be, and they're asking you in the comments, to, I mean, oh, this is not somebody who, I don't, I don't know what to call that because that's not writerly to me. The fact that they are not, I mean, I'm, I, I want to go, are you not invested in your own story enough to make your own plot decisions? The last time I took a poll seriously is when we did a casting couch for Maddie. <laughs> No, well, you took you took the answer for Philippa's name and the legacy. I did, I did, but the, I mean, I but that was like that was different. Um, I mean, I actually took it seriously because I was okay with any of those names, so I wouldn't have been mad with any that they picked. But well, of there course were people not, because... on the poll. I'd be like, you better not pick that <laughs> because I didn't. I, I took the suggestions that they gave me, then put the poll together, and then I had my choice that I wanted to take. Which didn't, by the way. Um, and then one that I could live with. Which one? Um, and then there was a two or three. That I was like, no, absolutely not. Um, so yeah, that happened. But when it came with the, when it came to the name thing, though, that you're, it was your short list. So right, right. Um, so I was I'd be happy with any of those. But when it came to the casting couch, I was really invested in you guys not picking the one that I didn't want. And I don't actually remember who that was now. But I was like, don't do it. Don't do it, bitches. Don't do it. <laughs> they didn't. I, okay. So, I mean, I, the, the whole the whole choose choose your adventure thing, it doesn't, I, I don't get it personally, but I, I do think it's a little bit different than your typical poll. Like, I've talked before about the fic I was reading where the chemistry was leaping off the screen for the pairing, but they hadn't picked a pairing yet. And um, the author then said, you know, 
you know, they did a poll about should they go with their usual this or should they go with this other pairing that seemed to be working on screen. And people picked the one where the chemistry was like leaping off the page by a huge margin, right? And it wasn't a big ship either. It was, but it, the chemistry was so real in that story that people ignored the big ship and they said, yeah, write the, write what's here. And they get like two or three more chapters and they said, I just can't do it. I'm abandoning this fic because I just can't write against my own OTP. I was like, really? Because you've been doing it for like 10 chapters. <laughs> right? Yeah, you, you've been writing against your OTP from the first chapter. So, whatever. Um, but when it comes to, there's another, there's another kind of... Um, um, well, I want to say first, this isn't kind of like just a reader bitch kind of thing. I've said before, I have a lot of really um, wonderful readers, but this is specifically about readers who are deeply invested in their own opinion and about that your opinion needs to matter to them. And when your opinion doesn't matter to them, they get really bent. Oh, do they? Um, really bent. Like, how dare you not care what they think? And if you blow them off, if even if you, even if it's kind of a polite blow off, like, you know, I don't really care what you think, they get really wrapped around the axle. It's like, you know, how, and they'll go bet, bitch about you on Facebook about how rude you are, or, you know, go bitch about you on Yahoo, Yahoo groups, which can we just be grateful that that's gone? Um, this, you know, evil bitch just told me off and said my opinion wasn't wanted. Okay. I mean, that's the internet, baby. Your opinion isn't wanted. Nobody cares what you think. So there's that. Um, I but mean, I told somebody I didn't care that they were unhappy with something that I had done. And she wrote back and told me, I wish you weren't so talented because I can't stand you. Yeah, okay. Well, okay, baby. Bye. Or I hate you. Well, one of those two. It was, it was very immature. <laughs> what, she's basically, so what, what she's basically saying is... I like reading your fic more than I dislike you. Which fine, that's fair. I don't that's what she's, care. <laughs> that's what she care. But that's what she's saying because if she really hated you that much, she wouldn't read your work. Because there are people I loathe. I wouldn't touch their work with a ten foot pole. Yeah, there are people I wouldn't read for free. There are actually a couple literally. Of, <laughs> yeah, there are actually there there are actually a couple few writers in fandom um, who actually write well. They've got good craft. Who I know are terrible, terrible, terrible human beings. I I cannot read their writing because it it just all I can do is think about how awful the person who wrote this is. Um, that's a me thing, you know. Um, but um, I can't read Orson Scott Card, which is and I'm. This is not author bashing because he's actually a fantastic writer. Um, one of my favorite craft books ever um, was written by Orson Scott Card. Um, but I donated the book. Um, and I will not read his work going forward because he's homophobic. And I'm just, I'm not here for it. Right. Yeah. So sometimes something can happen to really taint your um, opinion of it. I have to say... Uh, I think the the fault most people attribute Kira with who get really bent with her is is probably arrogance would be my guess. Probably in their mind oh, yeah. in their yeah. in their yeah. in their in their mind. I I can't imagine being bent with an author for being arrogant because a lot of the really creative people are arrogant. I mean it, it, but even it it but it and I actually don't think I don't actually don't think Kira's all that arrogant personally, but um I've just 
met a lot of people who are really arrogant. It's just not something that puts me off unless it comes with some other negative trait. So I can't imagine giving up entertainment that I enjoyed because somebody was arrogant. It's just it's sort of like that's like shooting myself in the foot. Now, giving up entertainment I enjoyed because they were a pedophile. Okay. Um, giving up entertainment I enjoyed because they were, um, you know, a plagiarist. Yeah. Yeah. I would do, I would, I would not, I would not read them again. So, um, I, you know, there, there is a little bit of sexism there, um, regarding that whole arrogant thing where arrogance in women is considered a fault, but often it's not considered a fault in men. Um, and whereas a man is self-confident, a woman is arrogant and bitchy. Where a man is strong, a woman is hard and unreasonable. She's a cast iron bitch. You ever heard that? I have. Um, and so when a man, you know, when, when a man gets what he wants, when he goes for what he wants, he's assertive and in control. And a woman is just controlling and bossy. Um, so th- there is that. And that kind of, and you know, I get that stuff from women too. Yeah, definitely. Actually from women more than men, because most of my readers are women. Uh, You have a lot more male readers than I do because of your, you know, the people who fetishize Hermione out there. I'm sorry, that's cruel. Not, not all of that, that, that was, that was gross generalization. You know, that was actually not inaccurate though. I would say that a large majority of my, and I'm, I, I don't, care if this makes you mad if you're listening to this right now i would say that the large majority of my male readers who read harmony have fetishized emma watson and they probably have since she got tits in the third movie yeah so so um i'm always i got about courting hermione granger about there not being a sex scene came from my real my male readers of course they did i mean yeah, yeah. So, I mean, well, so yeah, I Emma has said it, and so has Daniel Radcliffe. He point blank said it in an interview where the woman interviewing said, you know, said that it was weird to find him attractive because she watched him grow up. And he said, well, you know, that's really interesting because people didn't have a problem doing that to Emma Watson. Wow. And the woman was like, oh, because it was true. And no one ever thought anything about it. It's 100% true. Um, so, but yeah, most of my male Harmony readers are are in it to fetishize Emma Watson and it's disgusting. Um, so you have, you have a little bit different dynamic with your readers because, um, um, well, I have a little bit of het on my site. There's not a lot and they're probably, I'd probably gravitate towards Sam slash before writing a lot of het. Um, so I, I don't, I, I generally assume, um, and since I actually have in, have had encounters with most of the people uh, most my readers, or their names lend themselves to, you know, an assumption of them being female. I, I do assume about 90% of my readers are female. Um, but that you, you, like I said, you have a different dynamic because of the... Interestingly you're, you're... enough, one of the most asked for side pairings um, in um, in Harry Potter that I get is Femslash. All from male readers. You want to guess what it is? I'm going to guess Luna and... Either Susan Bones or Daphne Greengrass. It's Luna and Hermione. Luna and Hermione. How is that a side pairing? If no, I said slash pairing. Fem slash. Uh, fem slash. No, but I, I thought you, I I was I, I guess I was assuming it was like a side pairing in your no. existing work. So they're no. asking you to write Luna and Her- Hermione. Okay. Yeah. Yep. 
Although you're right, I'd be I would be more likely to pick her um Daphne and Hermione or Daphne and Luna. Um I don't think Luna and Hermione are a good fit actually. I don't, no, no. That is no. They would drive each other crazy. I think honestly, honestly that Hermione would become Luna's Ron. She would find Luna so frustrating that it would turn abusive. Not with intent, but I find it's, nothing it's in water. I don't I don't mean this negatively to me who's written it but i don't find anything plausible to, about harry luna hermione and i there might be a story out there that's done it really well but i wouldn't i would never pick it up because some pairings like i hear about them and i just go no or triads or whatever and i i do this i see this with because i mean i'm pretty sure if there is a, a character that exists in fandom somebody has written tony tony denoza with them um there are several authors who are who are very invested in you know in the whole his, bicycle concept Yes, it definitely in oh, everybody but... riding that bicycle. Um, but I have a very visceral reaction to some pairings. It's like, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not remote interested in changing my mind. It's like, I look at it and I go, nope. And it's not a reflection on the author. And it's not a reflection on the fic because I haven't read it. It's just my reaction to that pairing. And, you know, sometimes I get a little bit of grief from people for that. But I'm allowed to not like something conceptually. I'm allowed to look at a pairing and go, um, no, I don't think so. That doesn't work for me. So, honestly, I think Luna is too pure and too good to put up with either one of their shit. Yeah. Hermione and Harry both are a hot mess, and Luna deserves better. She deserves Neville. <laughs> she does. Or Susan Bones. Or Susan, yeah. I mean, but in terms of the characters we saw get their stuff together in, in the in the, in canon, that's kind of Neville. I mean. um, and, and he did grow up pretty. Oh. Didn't he just? Um, but there can come another, there's an interesting other thing that comes up when it comes to illusions of helpfulness. This is an interesting, different dynamic. Um, we've talked a lot about. Um, well, that's distracting. Really distracting. Someone comments so that moves a little further up the, tra- <laughs> up the chat. <laughs> I want to tell him to put his clothes on. <laughs> well, no, it's fine. He can leave his clothes off. It's fine. Um, I told y'all puberty hit him like a truck. <laughs> it really did. Um, here she goes again. <laughs> Less distracting, but still, honestly, he probably needs to wear some clothes that keep him a little together better. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He needs some some control. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, so we've talked about there is kind of um, an illusion of helpfulness amongst other writers, writer, writer on writer crime is what we'll call it. Um, and Kira mentioned some of it, which is where writers will try to advise you about things that have nothing to do with your craft, and it's about reader expanding your reader base. It's it's the readers as currency thing. Um, how to how to interact with your readers, how much time you should take before you reply to comments. Believe me, I've gotten this advice. Um, how much you like, know, wait, you wait, expect me to reply to comments? <laughs> Somebody advised me very seriously. And this is another writer that I shouldn't take more than 72 hours to reply to a comment. I'm like, sometimes I don't even read a comment for three weeks. What are you talking about? <laughs> Because I've told y'all, when I'm in a mood and I'm not in the mood to deal with people's demands, and it's unfortunate that I there's no there's no 
there's no AI, like I don't have a Jarvis that can filter the good from the bad for me. So when I'm not in the mood to deal with people's demands and I know it's going to set me off, it all goes in the same read later bin. So I deal with the good and the bad on the same day. So sometimes I don't read a comment for weeks and it's not that I don't want to read those good comments. It's that I'm not in the mood to deal with the person who's telling me that my story is not finished. If I don't write Tony and Penelope going to the white house, I'm just not in the mood. You know, I just, there, there are days that that's just not. And honestly, if I was going to ride another scene at the store in that story, it would be at uncle Dave's house. It would not be at the white house. And I want to know which one of you assholes decided it was a good idea to ask her to take them to the White House instead of asking him to take her to bed. Are we right? fucking serious? <laughs> because I was like, cashmere sweater, can we have some bedtime, Julie? <laughs> I'm still stuck on the cashmere sweater. <laughs> can we have some sexy fun times? Um... <laughs> The White House, fuck the White House. I don't care. Fuck the, fuck the, <laughs> exactly. I mean, of all the potential <laughs> things people could have fixed it on, the White House, really? Yeah, sometimes I just want to hear it. So, so, so when I know I'm in that mood where I'm not in the mood for that, or you're ruining my life if you don't write the sequel to this story, um, literally ruining my life. I oh, think we I already ruined somebody's life. We have, we have higher standards than that. Somebody told me they were going to unfollow my site and unfollow notifications on my site so they don't have to deal with the disappointment of getting notifications and it not being this, the sequel to the story that they wanted it to be. And I was like, okay, drama Bye. queen, you go right ahead and unfollow. Bye. What did they think that was going to accomplish? That I was going to buckle down and write that sequel right now so that I could keep one more follower? I'm yo, yo baby, you go right ahead and unfollow. Um you need help? And it, and if you don't, here at the bottom here. I'll send you a screenshot. If you don't unfollow, I'll be happy to do it for you. So, um, but the other thing is, um, so there's there's the writer on writer crime. There's the, um, you know, the here's how to maximize your comments. I mean, literally, it's like advice about how to get more comments. So, you know, here's how to miter your posting so that you get more comments per chapter. You know, here's the optimal length of time to go between chapters with posting, which I don't have a problem if you want to, you know, post a chapter every day or post your chapters every week or whatever the fuck it is you want to do. That is your Meanwhile, business. Meanwhile, I throw 100K at my readers go, here you go. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. And people say, well, you'll, get less, you'll get less comments that way. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Okay. Whatever. I'm, I mean, honest, enough. <laughs> honestly, if the only reason somebody is mitering their posting, if they're not doing it for their own, if their own schedule convenience, like I don't have time to put up a hundred K, so I'm going to post, I'm going to post a chapter a day because that's all I've got time for. If the only reason they're mitering their posting is to try to maximize, um, this was a good chapter comments. Yeah. Okay. Um, that is no kind of reason for me to, I, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. You, you, you do you, boo. But don't tell me that that needs to be how I prioritize how I post. So, but this is the kind of illusion of helpfulness that some writers have is that they give you all this advice about um, how to comment and how to reply. And, you know, um, I even saw one person say that there was somebody saying in this one group about, you know, they're talking about how long should you take or how long is acceptable. Cause somebody actually asked how long is acceptable to wait before, you know, before you reply to reader comments, because I've just really been busy lately. And da, da, da. I'm like, I'm like, baby, you've been busy. Um, 
why don't you just not worry about it? You know, you've got a life, you know, but whatever. Anyway, and people are talking about, well, you should really try to do it in 72 hours or blah, 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 blah. And somebody else then comments, you know, and it's best if you don't just say thank you to every comment because that makes it look like you didn't put any thought into it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Let me just, let me just write this down so that I don't forget. Um, <sighs> look, anyway. You do not owe your readers anything. You don't owe them a sequel. You don't owe them a comment. You don't owe them a reply. You don't owe them five, ten minutes, an hour out of your life to listen to their opinion about you or your work or what they want to see from you in the future. If they send you a ten-page email, you don't even have to open it, much less read it. Right now, there's probably somebody, not in the chat room, but like when this is being put on CastBox a year from now, I'm just kidding. I'm going to, I promise you, I'm going to get caught up. Um, uh, there's somebody commenting, there's, there's somebody probably writing an email right now telling me how terrible I am. You are, you're <laughs> you terrible. You're terrible, Kira Marie. I'm so arrogant. <laughs> but I don't think I owe my readers anything. Well, you don't. And um, I I owe myself the respect I give my craft. And a lot of times we talk about, you know, um, the reader experience. But that's, that's objective. It's, it's not about literally an individual reader. When I'm talking to you about how your story gets crafted or put together, about how you draw your reader in, it's not about a specific reader or an individual reader or even readers at all. It's about the perspective, the outside perspective of your story and how your story is um, received right. intellectually outside of your own headspace. And making a story readable is not the same thing as pandering to readers, you know? Right. Um, so um, I'm, I'm glad for every person that enjoys something that I write. I think that's awesome. I really, I want people to enjoy what I write. If it's not their cup of tea, that's fine. I do, but I don't need to hear about it. I don't need to hear about their lack of enjoyment. I am not, you know, a, a, a restaurant. I, I don't need their Yelp review. Um, so, and in this particular context, this is, this is fan fiction. It's not original work. So their uh, lack of enjoyment, again, and the, and the, when it comes to lack of enjoyment on a book, sometimes I'm like, sometimes the reasons people don't enjoy something or the reasons they give downgrade a book on ratings wise is bullshit. Um, like if, if an author, if it's bad craft, if an author failed to follow through, if they've got weak characterization or bad pacing, okay, legit. You know, if, if you're going to say something about that, like this was, this was really hard to get through. The pacing was really bad through the middle and blah, blah, blah. Okay. I could see you giving that three stars instead of five, but um, I wish this was on Kindle Unlimited. One star. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> That's yeah, or one star review for the for the book shipping late, or you know, um, you know, it's just pe people. Are, people are just. Sorry, I got I got distracted by Chad for a second. Um, and Kira, Chad well, died, but the other one's still working, so so we're good. Yeah, yeah G Arc's going. Um, yeah, people can definitely be dicks. But in terms of writer-on-writer -writer crime, there's a few other things that happen with writer-on-writer -writer crime that can be a little bit more insidious than reader-on-writer -writer crime. Because 
if you've done this for a while, what you can get into a rhythm of what you will and will not talk. If you survive in fan fiction for a while, you're going to either have no boundaries with your readers or really good boundaries with your readers. Okay. So we're going to assume that you guys are going to have developed some good boundaries with your readers. Otherwise we're going to have an intervention over on just right. Okay. You know, we'll put, we'll create a boundaries channel and we'll, we'll talk to you about it. Um, so either you're going to have really good boundaries with your readers or you're going to have no boundaries. So assuming you've got really good boundaries with your readers, the thing that can become really insidious is the writer on writer problems. And one of the things I think that happens is sometimes writers interacting with other writers forget that they're writers. Um, and they forget to be helpful, like in the way the person is asking. So like, and I see this on Facebook or Tumblr or, or other Discord servers, because I'm in a, quite a few Discord servers. And usually they're fandom-centric spaces that have teeny tiny little writing spaces. Um, and the writer on writer crime is, is sad. And it's usually things like somebody's asking for like one specific kind of help, or I need help with, with solving this plot problem. And people can't stop. Um, or they can't confine the scope of to the, to the what the person asked for, so it's like they said that they needed a problem with. Um, um, I'm gonna make something up. Um, how Harry Potter is going to um, break into Dumbledore's office, right? And the next thing you know, the plot creep is such that n Harry Potter is not only not he's not only not breaking into Dumbledore's office, he's now living um, in America and. Um, he's being adopted by the Cullens. It's like, wait a minute, that wasn't the, that wasn't the help that they asked for. And it's like, people just get like super invested and um, they're trying, and I could tell, you can see they're trying to be helpful, but it's in like from the outside, it looks intrusively helpful. If that makes sense. Did that make sense? It made sense. Um, for the record, there are three easy ways for him to break into Dumbledore's office. His broom, the Phoenix, Dobby. <laughs> there you go. But, it, and the thing is, people suggested, in, in the scope of this, people suggested the stuff that was in the obvious range, but people just couldn't stop, right? They couldn't, they couldn't stop. And I've been in those, those groups or in places where I've asked for help with, hey, I need, I need to figure out this one thing, or I need to brainstorm this one problem. And I get, I get the answer I need. Well, one of two things have happened to me. It's kind of like a trend. One of two things happened. I, I get the answer I need and I say, okay, thanks. I got it. And it doesn't stop. It's like the ideas just keep being thrown at me. And ideas that are outlandish. I mean, bizarre. It, to, to the point that it starts to get bizarre. It's like, this isn't even at all... Um, I actually, one day I, I went to I go, I'm never asking for help in public again. Um, this was pre discord days, but I'm like, I'm never asking for help in public again. <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs> it's just a hot mess. The other thing that happens sometimes is that um, I'm asking very seriously, Hey, I need to sort out this problem. And it devolves into a joke. I hate that. Um, and I will, I, man, I just get mad at that. And that to me, that's writer on writer crime, right? It's like, I hate to be not taken seriously. And people will act like that they're helping me by not taking me seriously. Um, and then I will, I will be, I'll have been quiet for like 45 minutes and somebody will say, did you get the answer you need? I'm like, 
fuck you. You know, not literally, because I wouldn't say actually say that to, you know, people that I generally like, but <laughs> I would. But, you know, it was it it can be um the idea that people thought they were being helpful by turning my what was going on right then into a joke was not, you know, I I'm I'm I was seriously having a you know, I, I've tripped and fallen into a plot hole that I don't know how to get out of. And, and this has become, and what can happen is then people, when some one person tries to make a joke out of it, then people can, somebody can try to one up that joke. And then the one upping of the jokes gets to the point that it's like, this isn't even about me anymore and fuck all y'all. So, um, so I think that one of the things when it comes to being helpful with other writers is you got to be careful about not going too far, um, knowing when to back off. You know, don't like if somebody asks for plot help, don't plot their whole story for them. That's that's not um, that's not actually helpful. Because I've been in that position of where somebody is, we're you know we're supposed to be brainstorming a plot, and then the next thing I know that they've they've they're not listening to anything I say, and they just plot everything for me, and it's like, well, I don't know what this Frankenfic is, but it actually isn't <laughs> something I would write. But okay, <laughs> it. It's a plot. Um, now, every person who's ever asked her, who's ever been in a writing concert, wait, wait, was that me? <laughs> no. Was that me? <laughs> no, yeah. No, no. I don't think you bunnied me and enjoyed it. I was yes. just trying to be helpful. And she amused herself at my expense. That's true. I don't think it's anybody on uh, that's even on Discord that did the whole um, plotted a story for me. I was like, <laughs> What is what are you doing? Especially since I don't think what's worse any, is they'll plot your story for you. And then when you take something from that conversation and work it to your benefit, and six months later you post it, they'll be the first one commenting, Well, I'm glad you took my advice. Like I didn't, ding dong. I actually, <laughs> actually aggressive horror because what she's really saying is is how dare you not credit me? Right. <laughs> Good night, Star. Or um, sometimes I was I was uh, I was kind of bouncing ideas around um, a story ideas around with somebody one on one one night, and I kind of I don't tend to go where I will super up I'll, I'll soup up my characters like whoa and sometimes I will occasionally go for ideas that are a little bit cracky in the concept I don't tend to go for um, I don't tend to go for plot ideas that are just completely wackadoodle. It's just not my, I think probably the, just on the surface of it, the, just if you hear about it, the craziest plot idea I ever wrote was Tony Dinozo being Steve Rogers' grandson. But in the execution, I don't think it comes off as crazy as it sounds. No, um, it worked. Yeah. I mean, of all the ideas in that fic, I'm not sure that that was the crack part. <laughs> no, definitely the crack part was the tree part. <laughs> <laughs> Hydra made Superman. Um, <laughs> but um, it's weird. It's like I had an idea that was reasonable. It was, it was restrained. It was for, for, the, for, for that kind of procedural fandom that I was talking about. And this person just kind of, that I was talking to him and, and she just kind of dismissed it as like, Meh. and it comes back with this bizarrely outlandish, like ridiculous thing that I would never write. And then she thought she was being helpful. And I was like, that's not actually helpful remotely. Um, 
But the thing is, I could see that she thought that she was being helpful, that she thought that this was a really great idea. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't a really great idea to me. Um, so that, that whole writer on writer thing is something that you have to guard against and you have to kind of, um, um, police your boundaries with other writers really carefully because there can be an inclination to give what they say a lot more weight. But if somebody is stepping on your own ideas and they're not giving you, um, not giving your ideas the space that they deserve and they're just trying to erase them with their own, you need to, you need to, you need to bunny bounce with somebody else. That'd be my, my suggestion. But also, you know, don't confuse prolific with skilled. Don't assume that no, very true. has a lot posted that you need to listen to their advice. Or become, or because they claim that they wrote a lot, they've written a lot. It doesn't mean that they um, actually have any any authority in in their craft at all. And honestly, claims are nothing. Claims are nothing. Someone can claim to have been written ten million words, but if I'm going to take their advice about something, I'm going to need to see some some of words. it to see. It. I'm going to need to see some words. Yeah, and then I'm some gonna very well written words. If you let me take your advice, you need to show me your skills. So I feel confident in your ability. That was probably arrogant, but I don't care. No, I don't think it is because it, when it, it depends. Because like when I read somebody's writing, I can get a feel for where I can. And, and it's not just the reading or writing, but also interacting with them. I can get a feel for where I can, where I can inter interact with them. I can interact with them when it comes to matters of um, like, there's one writer that I've just, she's got a lovely turn of phrase. Um, her ability to, her facility with describing um, a scene is just, it's really beautiful. Um, so her, her word craft is good. Um, I think she's got good ideas. So I think her ability to plot is good. And so there's all of these things that I go check, 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 check. She's a common nightmare. So I would not take one bit of grammar advice. <laughs> not one, not one, not one. So, I mean, you know, you learn what, where everybody has strengths and weaknesses and um, you know who's your go-to person if you need somebody to help you figure out ripples or you need somebody to help you figure out a plot hole or if you need somebody to who's your go-to to help you um, solve a characterization issue or get you out of like I'm in a characterization jam how do I get this character to believably do this um, the people who are good around thinking around corners creatively you know usually know who those people are and you know who's your go-to person to ask is this comma appropriate um, so, but the thing is, if somebody claims to have written, you know, 20 million words and, you know, you, you can't see any of that or what you can see is just a hot mess, um, a hot mess, a hot mess. It doesn't mean it, you, that they, they have no authority then. It doesn't because writing a lot badly does not give you any um, position of expertise. I'm just saying. And everybody improves. Everybody, the more you write, the more you improve in, in theory. Although, man, I know one writer that it was weird. It's like, it felt like, it felt like her writing was getting like worse over time. And she was cranking out her stories quick. And it was just, I went back and read some of the earliest works of hers on, on AO3. And um, 
which I had never read before because they were in a fandom I didn't really know, but I just was trying to read them to see. Her writing earlier was way better. It was way better. It was shocking to me. And I started feeling like what I was reading was somebody trying to write as fast as they could for comments and kudos. And it was, it was sad. It was sad to me, really, that someone's um, craft declined because they were trying to get attention. Sometimes I think to myself, okay, is this new work or is this old work that they're trying to edit to put up? But then it, it turns out to be what you said. Yeah. Well, this in this case, it was definitely obvious that it was new work because it was dealing with canon stuff that was brand new. But um, nothing like nothing like writing something around new canon that makes it really obvious that it's not just regurgitating. Not. I mean, I could, if I wanted to have a, a an X Files resurgence in my work, I've probably got a couple hundred thousand of either finished or easily to be finished works that I never posted sitting around on my hard drive somewhere. Um, so if I ever were to post a bunch of X-Files stuff, you can bet that I did not write that today. <laughs> <laughs> I might have edited it today, but I didn't just write it. out her files. Yeah. There's just, people are just weird sometimes. I mean, it's like, I'm not going to follow punctuation rules because they're frustrating. Okay. Um, like I, I picked somebody recommended a fic to me and I opened it and the person said, I know I don't use any capital letters, but that's just my style. I'm like, that's, that's not a style. That's, it's a typo. That's, that's my style not to read your work. That's fine. It, it, it's not a style. That is a typo. There is no legitimate. I mean, E.E. E. Cummings is already done. You, you're just, that's, we don't need another one. But then sometimes you have writers um, who grow old and they stop writing or it takes them five years to run a novel when it used to take, you know, when they could put out two novels, three novels, four novels a year. I mean, J.D. Robb slash Nora Roberts, um, I'm not slashing them together, they're the same person, um, uh, writes four, she, put, uh, she puts out four novels a year. Two for Nora Roberts and two for J.D. Robb. And they're about 95 to 100k a piece. But her, it's her job. She writes eight hours a day. Yeah. And one day she may decide it's not her job anymore. And maybe she'll just write one, like you said, one novel every five years. Um, it'll be like a nostalgia thing. Um, but she might be writing something else. It doesn't mean she's not writing. It just means she's not writing that anymore. Well, yeah, because she's already picked up one pen name and didn't tell anybody until after it was published. So what's wrong with picking out another? That's right. It's, I think that there are times as a writer because writer is a very solid it's a very solitary endeavor and i think honestly um i've been very productive over the last couple of years and i um kind of attribute that to rough to um rough trade and um crossroads and um to the just right discord servers because uh, there's a community here and it's really interesting and really um inspiring to be around a whole bunch of people who who kind of move in the same direction I'm moving, both mm -hmm. as a reader and as a writer. Uh, and I really like that. And it's important to protect those environments that we create and to kind of honor that covenant of of good behavior and um, um, and kindness. Because there's honestly nothing worse than seeing a community that's really good go down in a hostile ball of flames yeah that is terrible you know what i mean yeah and sometimes it can't be helped i mean you know you don't know sometimes it just kind of comes out of nowhere 
it, there could be something festering that you don't know quite what to do with. Um, groups, like large groups of people, I mean, there will be friction occasionally, which is expected because, you know, nobody's perfect and everybody has a terrible day. And sometimes you you come in and you're like, you know what, I really shouldn't. Yeah, but you know what, when you sit down at your computer and you're thinking, I really shouldn't interact with people, then don't. Yeah, and I'm or, learning to do that. I'm learning. Okay, you know what? You know what, girl? You text. You take a break. Go get some tea. <laughs> Although, if if you pop off and you have a bad reaction with interaction with somebody, and you know, I mean, often one of the reasons why servers that are big or 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 even just busy, even if they're not all that big, have a large moderation team is to kind of you know keep things civil. You know, um, and um. Because, man, I'm on a server that just gets really brutal to the point that they have to, like, go in and delete hundreds of messages because they've been gone an hour. And, um, and you know, honestly, if that happened, I would just archive the channel and, and create a new one. <laughs> right. I'm not deleting 100 messages. If you have a brawl, you guys can expect that channel to just disappear and a new one to appear in its place. Because, hell no. <laughs> um, but the thing is, uh, Pete, the... If if somebody the the problem with the internet these days is people can't take um, it's like you can take people can take critique from their boss or whatever they can take their boss saying hey you're kind of out of line and they deal with it or their mom or whatever but man if somebody on the internet tells them they're out of line people they it, they lose their mind it's like their brain slides forward and their head starts to vibrate and it's like <laughs> what just happened here it's like they just it's like they just go off. Um, and that's one of the, I mean, the thing is, and I don't even think we've banned anybody for that, but we will kick somebody off. It's like, you need that, that's time out. You need to go think about your life choices. You can, you can come back when you've calmed down, but you need to go think about your life choices because, you know, this isn't okay. Um, you can't be just hostile all the time. And um, I think we tell me that they felt like we were trying to police people's behavior a little bit too much on Crossroads. And it was like, yeah, but you know, it would be, can you imagine the internet free for all? Um, I've been on servers that don't expect people to behave like adults. It's ugly. It's ugly. Well, if you feel like I am not letting you express yourself, feel free to go make your own damn Discord server and express yeah. yourself. Express yourself as hostily as you want. I have no fucks to give about the subject. Um, That's just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, because you have the right to your opinion and you even have the right to say what you think, but I don't have to listen to it. And I don't have to provide you space to communicate it. It's not a requirement and no one's required to take you seriously either. So that happens. And, you know, it happens on my site too. People are like, oh, you know, I, I put a comment on your thing, but you didn't approve it. Why didn't you, why'd you delete it? And normally I ignore those, but this person kept emailing me like once a week, asking me why I was deleting all their comments from Rough Trade. And finally I wrote back, I said, because you're being an asshole. And I don't have time to spend editing your comments every day. So I put you on the, um, the blacklist. So your comments are automatically trashed. And if you want off that trash list, you'll be a better person. Stop misbehaving. Stop being a dick. I will say one of the people we put on on comment probation did kind of shape up, which shocked me because I didn't think they would. Um, Agreed. It's at the point now where I'm actually tired of taking their comments out of the trash. So, 
Maybe um, we'll take them off moderation this time. But that wasn't the person who emailed me because I didn't. Person, I didn't figure it was. Yeah. We've we've had a few people we've put on comment moderation, but there was one person that was like, "Oh my god, the the the, the queen of passive aggressive comments." It was like, it's like I see you. You can't get passive aggressive past me. I was raised around <laughs> passive aggressive people. I could I could spot passive aggressive from across the room. She she, um, she passive aggressiveness. It shows her. <laughs> also. Also, no, no, no. Freedom of speech has nothing to do with it. This is not the government. I don't work for the government. I am not um, a federal judge. There's no free speech here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but no, I mean, people But people do assume that they have their think and that you're required to listen. And, and in my well, space, no, you can't honey. even say whatever you want because there are rules. And actually... We have a whole list of words you can't right? even put in a comment. It will get you automatically crashed. <laughs> and M O A R right. is one of them. That's not even a fucking word. Yeah, people do treat the internet as it's not a real person on the other end. But the thing is, it is a real person over there. It's always well. It's, there are some bots, but you know, it's almost always a real person that you're doing that, um, that you're talking to. And sometimes people don't deal well with you having a bad day you having a bad day and you to you it may be trivial maybe just oh i just was popping off but you could have given them an anxiety attack you could have caused them to spend four or five miserable hours because you needed to just let off some steam so you vented on a stranger who doesn't matter to you because you don't see them as a person and that's that's just terrible behavior um and it makes you a shit human being. And the thing is, I will say it probably happens to everybody at one time or another where you just lose all sense of yourself and you just, you go off on somebody. But a grown up comes back and apologizes and recognizes that they're the ones who fucked up and backs down and says, I, I was having a crap day. I lost my mind. I'm sorry. I will, I will act like a grown up and I will move on. Um, they don't, they don't double down and expect you to accept their shitty behavior because they had a bad day. There was, I had a, I had a neighbor, this place I lived, it was this, this place I lived um, was, it was all fourplexes, basically. The entire neighborhood was fourplexes. So basically a bunch of big houses together, but every house was like four apartments. So it's like four times the population that you would get in a, you know, a re single residence neighborhood of the same size. Um, and this lady, she just, I, I don't know, she all of a sudden it was like 11 11 30 at night and there were a lot of kids in the neighborhood 11 11 30 at night and she's just going off she's screaming and yelling and she was smashing glass outside and um i i mean i went i went out there i went outside and um i actually took a baseball bat with me because i was like i don't understand i mean she's got glass i don't know what is wrong with her at this point i mean i wasn't doing it threateningly i kind of kept it behind my back but i didn't know what her deal was at this point and i was like hey what is your damage? It is 1130 at night. And if you don't stop making noise right now, I'm going to call the cops. And she calmed, she calmed down pretty quickly. And meanwhile, she's already, I, I can hear babies crying, you know, off in the distance. She's already woken many children up. And I will concede she did have a very shit day. She had just read her some reports her doctor had sent her. She'd just seen them and she had just gotten a cancer diagnosis. She was having a very shit day. So I get it. I get her her having a, a massive rage fest. Is it okay that she woke up all the children in the neighborhood because of her rage fest? No, no probably not. 
um, all those parents of those kids don't deserve the night that they're about to have because she's having a really bad day. So, and the um, nightmares those kids are probably going to have for the rest of the week. Right. So it was, um, <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm like, on the one hand, I understand. I'm really sympathetic and I will sit here and I will talk to you. But you got to, this, this is an acceptable behavior. You don't get to just make all this noise and wake all these kids up. Just, no. So I sat there on the fucking bumper of somebody else's car. I don't even know whose car I was sitting <laughs> on. And she cried. Like, to, I'd say I'd barely even know. I mean, I, I don't, I didn't even know her name. I just would see her in passing and going to work every day. I mean, I get it. I've had that temper tantrum. I didn't have it in my backyard or anything, but I've had that tantrum. Um, I've had that experience. I, it's, it's, it's the worst fucking day of your life. And even as an adult, if you, if you can, I mean, it's like, I mean, I would not exactly compare it to a psychotic break, but I think I came pretty close. Yeah, I've had that meltdown. I'm, I mean, my cancer's not malignant, but I've had that meltdown. I just didn't wake anybody else's baby up with it. Right. And there is a reason why they have those places where you can go there and pay like $45 to get a room full of shit and a safety suit and you can just break shit for an hour. It's just really shitty that there isn't one in my area. You can throw plates. They'll give you a Nerf bat and you can knock things in the floor. They make you wear safety glasses, which is good. You know, it's just like, I get it. I get it. I understand. Yeah, I mean, I did have a meltdown and I did have a big screaming fit um, in my car um, in an empty parking lot where no one could hear me. Then I came home and crawled in bed for a month. Um, That happened. Yeah, that that does happen sometimes. I went, I mean, I had a, I had quite a period of quiet um, last year. After I got the diagnosis confirmed, I was not a happy camper. So, um, of course, COVID was happening at the same time. So, people writing me and asking, are you sick? I'm like, well, not the... I was. I mean, but not at the moment. <laughs> but that's not why I'm quiet now. Anyway, um, so, but people will lash out. They're lashing out for understandable reasons sometimes. But the fact that they're lashing out just... And, and they're they're thinking it's safe. Because it's somebody on the internet. No, that's not okay. There's another thing. Earlier you mentioned boundaries. Um, I drew a pretty thick boundary for myself last year. Around this time. Ish. Yes, you did. Um, And I also drew a boundary with a specific person a couple of years ago. Well, I had more than one person accuse me of punishing that person. And the Harry Potter fandom. For my boundaries. So I want to clarify something for you. Setting a boundary does not equal a punishment to the person you are setting a boundary with. That person a couple years ago on Facebook who had a meltdown, who had a misogynistic meltdown um, in the direction of myself and my mods. Um, I'm, I created a boundary with him because he's not a safe person. Truly. Um, and he caused many people who were only on his friends list because they were on my friend list and in our group, they only friended him because he was in our group and he was on my friend list. He triggered them with his behavior. He caused dozens of people to get really, really upset. And he caused me to get really, really, really upset. So I removed him from every single platform that I belong to. 
in such a way that he could not contact me. He can't email me. If I ever find out he's on my server, I'm going to ban him from Discord. On my on my specific Discord server, not, not all of Discord. I don't have that kind of power. Oh, if I did. Um, but setting a boundary with somebody who makes you uncomfortable or who hurts you or who isn't safe is not a punishment for them. I'm not it disciplining that person. I'm not disciplining Harry Potter fandom. I'm not punishing them by setting a boundary to protect my mental health. It may feel like con consequences and punishment are the same thing. Somebody does something and the consequences of it, if Kira enforcing her boundaries is that they can't read her that particular story anymore. That's a consequence, not a punishment. Punishment was when Kira banned the entire country of Germany. Yes. That was a punishment. And it was spiteful. <laughs> yes. But 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 sometimes we do spiteful things, but she, she didn't keep it, she didn't do it forever. <laughs> it was like a year. Yeah. Um I was just now, making a point because this asshole told me I couldn't keep him away from my site. Okay. I looked up the range of IP addresses attached to the country and I banned the whole range of IP addresses. It was like a million of them. You have to get a special plugin for that kind of IP banning, but yeah, you can do it. It was um, actually more than a million. It was it was a ridiculous number of IPs, um, which also prevented him from using a an I, an IP randomizer because it would only randomize for his regional country. It would he would have still been able to use a VPN, but I mean, I don't Maybe. know that VPNs probably were not as prolific when you did that. Did as widely available when you did that. So considering how many emails he sent me bitching at me about not being able to get to my site, I don't think he accomplished it. I don't think he did either. Um yeah, I think they were less common then. I mean a lot of people have them now, but um but even a VPN has an IP address attached to it, right? Yes, but you just pick a server in a country that's not banned. True. True. Um I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I, I had did, I resisted the VPN thing for a long time, other than the one my company provided, which could only be used to connect to my company. So it was sort of irrelevant for the purposes mm -hmm. of, because I wasn't going to connect to fan fiction sites while connected to my company's VPN. That's just cuckoo, cuckoo for Cop Cocoa Puffs. But um, I finally got a VPN, actually, this bizarre, the thing that I, it's almost embarrassing, the thing that got me to get a VPN finally. Um no, it was so I could watch fan vids that were banned in my country. <laughs> oh, well, I get it. I was like, how dare someone put a really pretty fan vid together that I can't watch because it's got cut, it's been banned in my country. To hell with that. <laughs> I'm gonna give you VPN. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you get between me and my fandom? Yeah, YouTube, exactly. Fucking YouTube. You fix them. But I don't even think I but I don't even think I'm I'm pretty sure I actually my VPN lapsed because I just so use it so rarely because the things you think of that you would need a VPN to do, I you might want a VPN for are all things that VPN didn't work for for me. So like my bank won't allow you to connect if you're on a VPN. Hmm. Uh, I so. think my virus protection came with a VPN, but I don't use it. Wait a minute, where are you? Where am I banned? You overachiever? I, I didn't know I was banned anywhere. Uh, really? I'm not banned? <laughs> oh, well, I need to work on that. I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll make it difficult for you. But, I, but... <laughs> Kira's way pornier than I am. 
and <laughs> dirtier. That's, obviously, your country has not actually looked at my website <laughs> because I that's that's <laughs> look at the way Twy put it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we should figure out which one of us has used the word cock more. Me or you. Oh, actually, you. I'm pretty sure it's me. You. Yeah, you it's got, me. It's me. Got, I've only got like 1.2 million words on my site. You've got like three times the content. And it's got cock in all of it. So I, I, I don't know how it could possibly be me. <laughs> and Because you also got to figure half of my works by title are Jen. So, uh, yeah, you use cock way more than I do. Way. <laughs> I mean, if it's just built on like a filter, I don't know how I've not got, I mean, I don't know how I've not gotten banned because ties, but ties that bind alone is, um, oh, I've got some straight up pornographic pictures on my site. I ha I have no porn on my site at all. There's nothing dirty. On, there's nothing dirty on my site at all. Is she saying, she, it, it, are you about to discover that it's the reverse, that it's Kira that's banned and not me? <laughs> she did say, wait. <laughs> Because I was banned in a lot of uh, traditionally Muslim countries for a, for a long time. Um, and you're still banned in China, right? Yeah. And all the Pakistans. Sorry. I don't mean to be rude. I just mean because they banned me, not because I have a problem. <laughs> look, look, at, look, at, look at Bri taking things too far. Oh, that's just, that's just charming. This oh. website or part thereof is blocked due to its breaching of decency code of conduct by the Sultanate of Oman. It has been found to either be abusive, offensive, obscene, immoral, or pro pro promoting misleading or fraudulent information or illegal material. If you believe that the website you are trying to access does not contain any such content, please submit the below form. <laughs> Don't submit that form. <laughs> no, because uh, I'm pretty sure the content they object to actually is there. Um, I have no idea what could have possibly somebody maybe somebody reported me that might be more likely because there's nothing on my site that is dirtier than anything on Kira's site. This is true. It's, it's certainly not any dirtier than anything that we get on Rough Trade. Oh, is is this a recent thing? Because I wonder if I was banned on my old um, server and then I changed hosts. So are they domaining? Are they like at a domain level or? A DNS server level? Are you implying that you have covered your face in shame reading my work? <laughs> he called me wholesome. <laughs> he did. But did you think he read that Hobbit fic? Because <laughs> it was kind of wholesome. <laughs> now, what's this now? <laughs> I mean, you can get to her site, right? You can get around that. <laughs> yeah, she said. She says she's got she's got VPN. <sighs> VPN is vital. Oh, well, I have been getting some like weird um, like visits from China, so I think probably people are figured out how to get around the Great Wall. <laughs> the thing is, I think if I ever actually were to write BDSM, it would probably be such a departure from anything in in. in anything on my site that I might actually have to put it on Kira's site just so that, you know, <laughs> I'm hosting this cause it's too filthy. <laughs> this is too filthy Spot for my site. I'm putting it on Kira's site. You put it on the wild hair project. This is, this is, this is too filthy for my, for my wholesome website. <laughs> Apparently my site is wholesome. I had no idea. Full of gay porn. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, not it isn't full of mine's full of gay porn or mine's just full of porn. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Give <laughs> me traumatizing Sachi over there. My 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 mother would be like this, huh? Yeah. And you'd stop what you were doing. What was it me? No, it wasn't. Was it you? We would look at each other, try to figure out who we can blame faster, and they would be like, uh. And then we would get the universal sound of Southern disapproval, um, of disapproval, which goes like this. That is exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. <laughs> Where the hell does that come from? Every woman I know does it. <laughs> Just like <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So we got, we got, we went down that path because we were talking about, um, you know, expecting people to behave and um, it is reasonable to expect people to behave. People don't have the right to lash out at you because they're having a bad day. And I mean, I will say, I want to preface this by saying the person who had this interaction with me actually did like a couple years later, I think maybe a year later, year and a half later, did come back and apologize for the whole interaction. Um, but somebody was having a bad day and my comment about how my, my big short fix, which is all of my like one and two K prompts responses, prompt responses, which sounds like I was really quick on getting those done, but no, um, that the prompt reply, the prompt fills I've prompt fills the prompt fills I have done, um, were, were not up for adoption. And I, I had that, I had that comment at the bottom of all of them because I didn't want there to be a you know can I continue this or are you going to finish this so it was like a just a a, a form thing I put at the bottom of all of them that said they're complete as they are I don't have plans to continue them they are not up for adoption and something that really it just hit them wrong would be my guess it just hit them really wrong that I said that and they I guess they felt like I was violating the the basic principles of fandom by saying that um well, and none they, of my picks are up for adoption. Not a single damn one. But I did that too because people kept asking. Right. It's like, but it just really hit her wrong. And it's like Price a parent. Damn prompt. So, so basically saying, me saying, she said, or she was saying I was being a hypocrite. That, you know, I take somebody else's work and continue it or change it or whatever. And saying somebody can't take my work and do the same thing. It's hypocritical. And I was like. It, it just it kind of it kind of devolved. I we we got in an argument for a while. We, we did argue for a while before I was just like I was just done. I was just done. I hit that point. I I had my my you know cure with Brad moment. Except you know she was not as bad as Brad because she was really trying to argue this point about how I was wrong about the way I was perceiving this whole thing, and that you know, um, and uh, but she just she just obviously I think something hit her wrong on that day and. She just couldn't restrain herself. Um, but did she need to ruin my night too? <laughs> and and the thing is, people don't think about that consequence, right? It's like, the, to them, it's like, I just had a bad day. But yeah, but then you made me have a bad day. And then I didn't read comments on my site for like three months. <laughs> because I just couldn't deal with being annoyed anymore. It wasn't like I was like you know, thinking about running away from fandom. But it was just like... Um, Sometimes I just get too irritated, you know, and I don't, I do that. I stop reading comments when I don't, when I'm protecting my writing headspace, you know, I think the word mind palace always cracks me up. I have a hard time not using it in any way that's not sarcastic, but you know, you got to put, you got to have guards on the mind palace. You need to protect the creativity because if I'm getting wrapped around the axle all the time about being pissed off about something said, somebody said to me, I'm not going to get any writing done. So 
if I'm that mad that I'm actually at the point where I'm having to prohibit myself from speaking to somebody because I'm that pissed off, I definitely have to stop looking at comments because otherwise I'm not going to get any writing done anytime soon. Uh, like I said, it, to her to her credit, she did eventually come back and like say to me much later, I, I don't have any idea what was going on with me back then, and I'm really sorry. I'm like, okay. It was kind of out of the blue. Um, but appreciated because usually people don't come back to you years later and go, I was, in, I was a dick a, a couple of years ago, and I'm sorry. It was a couple so, of years? <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> I, the, I appreciate the maturity. I appreciate the maturity it takes to come back and say, um, I, 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 was, I fucked up. Well, you know, when I have my epiphany, there are people who think that you don't get to own your words, whether you write or fan fiction or original work. They don't think that you have the right to own the intellectual product of your own mind. That you are there strictly to entertain them, and you don't get to be a bitch about it. Now, I am willing to entertain a motherfucker, but I'm going to be a bitch about it. <laughs> That's right. Ask my husband. <laughs> he will let you know. It's just, you know, there are, there are like, there you know the readers who are just assholes? I honestly just prefer a straight-up asshole to someone who makes the assumption that their their comment is as valuable as the work that I've presented them. I, I would prefer just Brad. I, I would actually prefer Brad over somebody coming onto my site and equating the three hours they spent reading my work with the six months I spent writing it. And someone would ask me, about that, about how, how, and I speak specifically to the six months because that's pretty much basically how long it took me to write all three drafts of Unleash Your Demon, Demons. And um, someone asked me if that was a real number. And yes, it's a real number. Um, that includes um, zero drafting, the actual writing. Um, it doesn't include the beta and editing phase that I did after that. Uh, and so, and then that person also said that she knew somebody who regularly produced four times as much as I do um, in a year and wanted to know what my problem was. And I said, well, first, I don't actually want to know who this person is. Um, and I make no judgment on the quality of their work. But I would rather put out something really good than something mediocre. So if you'd rather read a million words of, Okay, that's great. But I'd rather read a hundred K of awesome personally. Yeah. And I'd rather read that hundred K ten times than say, well, I'd rather have a you know a million words of meh. And yes, there um, are people who are very prolific. Some of them are quite talented. Go read them. I will say there are people that I know who are very prolific who um I can even the, I can tell that they're shortchanging their editing. Yeah. No judgment. No, I, I don't judge them for that. Honestly, I don't. I just have a hard time doing it for myself. And that's a choice every writer has to make. It's what level of editing they're going to put into their own work. Honestly, um, editing sucks. It does. And there are times when I don't want to deal with beta. So I, I, I deal with my own multiple edits and Grammarly and hope that that's enough. Um, but in I don't fact, know that I... When you see me put the warning Grammarly beta, that's it. That's why. Because I got tired so i just let grammarly tell me what was right and i moved on <laughs> and um so some people 
I mean, I could be a lot more prolific if I spent less time editing. That's my choice to make, though. Night, Daisy. Um, everybody has to make their own choice about that. And nobody can make it for you. And no one can tell you that your way of doing it is right or wrong. Um, yeah, you just got to figure out what's important to you. And what's important to you may change over time. Your gimmick foot could get broken and you could decide that, you know, um, your rough draft plus a good spell check and Grammarly is sufficient for you to post. And that's completely fine. I would never edit from a rough draft, but <laughs> I mean, like when I do my, when I, when I do my edit, it's usually like, it's the last thing I do. I'll do my spell check and my Grammarly edit. Um, and then it's either going to go to beta or it's going to get published. One of the two. Um <laughs> But by the, but before I get there, I'm usually on my second or third draft. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I, I did mean, two drafts on my shorts that I wrote last month. But sometimes even doing a short, um, even if I do two or three drafts, sometimes I'm not going to see the problems. Because usually a short no, is, no. I'm, I'm, I'm drafting them two or three times. I'm going through two or three edits um, and writing it in the same day. Um, and then it'll be like, I'll be reading it a week from now. I'll go, oh, I need to fix that edit. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> you edit you your post. Like, because that's my shit. And I can edit it all day long. I can do every Well, a Grammarly edit is a risky thing. Trust me. I, I sometimes think... I sometimes I read somebody's work. Sometimes I can actually tell when Grammarly has had its way with Kira's edit. I'm like, Kira, no. No. I'll be like, I'll be like, I'll I'll tell you bitches like I tell my husband, honesty is my gift to you. Yeah. Well, there is one suggestion that Grammarly makes that is pretty consistently wrong. And um I'll yeah, accept I, it, right? Sorry. Oh, that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Well, it's not always wrong, but it's, it's wrong. Not okay. It's it's wrong a fair <laughs> bit. It's wrong a fair bit of the time. Um, but it's one of those things most people assume Grammarly is right about, so most people accept that change, and it's like, okay. It's not very good at parenthetical. How do you parenthetical? It sucks at that. It can't spot them at all. So it'll either uh, tell you you need a comma when you don't, or it will tell you that you that you, you your, don't your, your, need. your comma is unnecessary. Always, it's always trying to pull my parenthetical phrases out or my commas out for that. But and I understand why it can't see them. Um, I I, yeah, I get I mean, it. I get it. I get that. Be, but the thing is, it means you need to understand what a parenthetical phrase is and why you. Um, man, I I got into it with somebody when yeah, this was. They said something about you know you all they they were making an assertive statement in a in a in a semi public way in a writer's group. They said, "Oh, parenthetical phrases are always offset by commas." I said, "Not if they're restrictive." And there was like this silence. <laughs> I said, "There are there are types of parenthetical phrases like in a positive that could be restrictive, in which case you don't use a comma." And it was like, "No, that's not the way parenthetical phrases work." Work, and I said, "Oh yes, it really is." It's an almost always rule that they're offset by commas, but when it's necessary for the comprehension of the sentence, you absolutely do not offset it by commas. So, quit telling people absolutes that aren't true. Never. Okay, I'm, I'm going to give you guys some rules here. Never get in a land war in China and never argue grammar with somebody who has a degree in technical writing. <laughs> There was there was one day on Facebook where somebody was talking. one of these things will work out for you. <laughs> somebody was talking about the A and the E effect and effect A and the A and the E spelling, and one person very very confidently says, "With the A as a verb, you know, effect with an A is a verb, and effect with an E is is a noun." I go, ah, 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 ah. "Both spellings have a verb and a noun form. Do not tell people that." 
what's the, and they're like, well, but the verb and noun form of uh, the opposite are, are uncommon. I go, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> no, they're not actually. When you talk about picking up somebody's personal effects, that is a noun. When you talk about having an, you know, it's like, <sighs> I'll give anyway. you an absolute rule. C-O-M-E is a verb. C-U-M is a noun. This is true. That is an absolute rule. Take it to the bank. You can use C-O-M-E for the noun, but you can never, and I mean ever, use C-U-M for the verb. You got me? Repeat it. C-U-M is never a verb. No, it's it's really weird. That is an it's absolute really rule. Weird. Take it to the bank. <laughs> Tell you what else is an absolute rule. Per se, <laughs> it's not spelled P-E-R-S-A-Y. That is an absolute <laughs> most people do. I always find it and fix it, I think. Yeah. But most people think it's but people think it's an English two English words, per and say. I'm like, no, it's a Latin phrase. Stop spelling it wrong. <laughs> I mean, I know that, but I don't say that. I mean, I don't spell it that. I mean, I it's like a finger thing, not an intellectual thing. Yeah. It's like I, I know I, the difference between there, there, and there. I just don't always use the right one when I'm typing. Yeah, sometimes the fingers. I I feel I feel you about espresso. <laughs> um, but some people have just their tongue gets. I can I can get kind of tongue tied about espresso, and they'll just say espresso, and it's. I have the same issue. I I used to have a hard twitch about nuclear, um, and I know you say nuclear, so I forgive you. Um, but I've I've relaxed Me? about it. Yeah, but I've relaxed about it over over the years. I want to tell you a story. Y'all remember when, y'all, y'all remember when Julie picked on me about salmon? I didn't, I didn't, pick, well, I did pick on you a little bit. Okay. I was going to deny it, but <laughs> okay. it's true. Okay. So, so I was talking to my husband and I was like, I paused and I was like, so would you like, and I paused, and I was like, salmon croquettes. And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, salmon croquettes. He was like, "Do you mean salmon patties?" I was like, "The L is silent." <laughs> and he's like, "You go tell your friend. <laughs> leave me alone." <laughs> so okay, so you leave my husband alone. <laughs> I shall do that. I actually—it's one of those things that I just don't. It's like people pronounce it however they like. But when I was younger, I really there are some words I had a real hard twitch about. Nuclear, man, nuclear. I had a nuclear was nuclear. a real hard. It was nuclear, yeah. Um, nuclear. How no, do I normally say it? You say nuclear, <laughs> just like Instead you just said. Nuclear. Nuclear. No. <laughs> and I know, and the thing is, I've met several people who can't even hear that they're saying it wrong, which is totally cool. But that's why <laughs> I I stopped with the twitch over it because I was like, I realized people couldn't hear that they were saying it wrong. Um. Oh. Yeah, dark. I, I, I got you. But yeah, I think it's like sometimes some people just, it's like some people have certain um, quirks like that, linguistic quirks. They typically have several of them. Like those people who say uh, um, axe instead of ask will say espresso and that kind of thing. Um, aluminum. Is that not how you say that word? Aluminum. Aluminum or aluminium if you're British. <sighs> Don't get me started on oregano. <laughs> I almost never got over it. I was like, what are you saying? Oh my God. What is this exotic thing you're trying to tell me, Gordon Ramsay? Oregano. <laughs> no, I'm not getting any Oregano. 
And then it was like on the ingredient list. I said, oh, oregano, you weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> um, nuclear um, with that one. Um, I had to get over it because it's like you can tell that like they try to get like people in movies to pronounce it correctly, but they just can't. So like there's a movie where Aaron Eckhart says nuclear like three or four times. And like every time he does, I'm just, I can just feel the producer going, we are never going to get him to say that word. Right. Okay. Give me a phonetic thing here in the chat. Actually, I didn't get that. I got, there's an extra, I, that's not right. Okay. Is that. It's kind of an er sound on our sound, but I guess it depends upon how you. I guess I guess oh, our, our, I thought you were saying I thought you were saying I was saying the C wrong. No, you're saying nuclear. 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 Lur. You're saying nuclear. Nuclear. You're saying you're saying new you're saying nuclear. So it's nuclear. 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 Yes, right. yes. That'll never happen again, so I hope you're satisfied <laughs> with it. <laughs> I, the thing is, I know, the thing, I've, I've had friends who are like, I don't, I, I'll say, I'll say, they'll say nuclear, and I'll say nuclear, and they'll go, I don't hear the difference. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> I thought she was saying I was saying the C wrong. But um, I think that we're done with the podcast, and we can keep talking, because I want to say something after the podcast, but thank you guys for hanging out with us we really appreciate it and I hope that you um, learn something and um, that you have a great rest of the week and say good night Jilly good night everyone <laughs>